welcome back, everybody. It's time once again for Closing the Wealth Gap. The one show, maybe the only show that shows you how to close the wealth gap in your own life with the man who's done it for many, our wealth coach himself, Tyrone French. Hey, Tyrone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Closing the Wealth Gap. I'm your host, Tyrone French. And somewhere out there is my producer and good friend, Mr. Paul Roberts. Excited today. I'm excited today. Not that I'm not always excited to learn from the coach, but the coach brought along some really interesting players today onto the field here. Well, you know, I I just, it it was a lucky star, man. It was, um, it was one of those things where everything lined up and the (laughs) the birds were chirping and the sun (laughs) was shining and all of a sudden, I get in touch with with Mr. Coin Authenticator himself. Uh, I want to introduce you guys to a to a just a, a stalwart in the industry. His name is Michael Miles Standish. Now, today we're going to talk about numismatic coins. I know that's a unfamiliar term with a lot of you guys, but again, stay with us. By the end of this interview, you're going to be digging through your coin, your drawers, your shoe boxes. Uh, you know, because I know for, I know a lot of guys. You, you have relatives that have left you coins that are just sitting in your drawers or sitting in your glove compartment, and you don't know what to do with these coins. Well, we got a guy, an expert that can literally tell you uh, what to do with these coins. Um, a lot of times, you think a penny is just a penny, or a dime is a dime, and I'm trying to. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, it could be worth a lot, a whole lot more than that. And before I duck out, I just want to say my two cents worth. I was a coin collector as a kid, and as your guest probably correctly guessed, somewhere along high school, college, I discovered cars and girls, and the coins went back in the box, never to be looked at again. But my father, we started it kind of as a father-son thing. He continued up until the day he died and left me a giant box of coins and proof sets that I haven't the faintest idea what to do with. They're still sitting in the garage or up in the attic in a box, so I'm... I'll duck out and listen to that, but I'm like many of you audience. I don't know but much about this. Before you go, this. Paul, I mean, yeah. you are that every man. You have that every man's story. Yeah. And I, so your your story is not unique. It, it's it's everybody has that same story. Yeah. My so dad thought this would be a legacy. It started off as a fun thing we did as father and son to collect. We went to shows and did things together. We didn't have a whole lot of things we shared in common. That was one of them. And he continued it. He did it just for me. And then he yeah. got hooked on it until the day I was buying coins. And now I'm left with this stuff. I, he died 10 years ago. I still got it in a box. I don't know what to do with this stuff. Well, i tell you what. Let's bring in our guest yeah. right now, uh, Michael Miles Standish. How are you, sir? Hey, thank you, Tyrone. Thank you, Paul, for having me on. Uh, of course, I see that hat that says, Coach, I feel like the song of Dan Fogerly. Put me in, Coach. I'm ready to play. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're eager to get started because I'm going to bring you, I'm going to point to you. I'm going to call your number in a minute. But I want to set this up by letting our audience know that you are the vice president of the Numismatic Guarantee Corporation, which is NGC. Not any uh, longer. Not any longer, Paul. Or Tyrone. Oh, no. Okay. Um, well, I tell you what, then. You you are a coin authenticator. Now, so uh, what I'd like to do now is just introduce me, you to the audience. I think you should introduce me as um, independent escort, or excuse me, <laughs> independent expert in numismatics, bullion, and sports collectibles. 
Well, I tell you what, you you did it a lot better than I could have. But you have a wealth of knowledge. Uh, you've 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 been working with a lot of these grading companies. Um, I see um, Annex. You've been with what? Um, what is the other grading company? PGCS or PCGS? Uh, there's a lot of acronyms here, but basically, uh, Miles know exactly what he's talking about. And if you, I'm going to give you the floor because again, I'm going to stand back. Uh, tell us about yourself, how you got into coins, um, and basically how our audience can 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 benefit uh, from this conversation. So, Miles, take it away. Well, for over 36 years, I spent my time um, involved in rare numismatic coins um you know obviously working close to numismatics you end up working you know in the bullion markets with gold and silver and of course i've been a sports expert for a long long time yes. uh, certified some of the most major sports items out there certified and graded over 10 million coins in over 36 years of being an expert coin grader of numismatic coins right. um Coins have, coins have been my passion since I was nine years old. Um, I just never lost interest. Uh, I kept a balance of uh, things that you, you know, you get interested along with life, but it always circled back into yes. what made me happy, what made me the most interested in, and numismatics and coin collecting, coin certification has been my life forever. Now, our audience is going to hear that term numismatic, and it's going to fly going one ear and out the other. Can you define that term? Well, a numismatic coin first needs to be a legal tender coin from any given country. Okay. okay. Uh, typically, the coins of value are made of a sound money, either gold, silver, platinum, uh, nickel, palladium, platinum. Uh, those are those are the typical metals they're made out of, but they're a legal tender coin. Yes. They're not. They're not a metal, but they're they're a, either a sovereign nation or the U.S. United States of America makes them a legal tender coin. Yes, and they are sought after both based on condition and rarity um, and demand. Yes, that's a mouthful. Given that you mentioned uh, and I mentioned um, uh, numismatic guarantee corporation or NGC. Why right. is it important to have a coin that is actually graded or has a letter grade? Well, first off, the grading services that I've been involved with have been the, the three major leaders in the certification of coins. Um, I was at PCGS for 30, uh, 29 years, NGC for six years, and ANAX for two years. You know, I've always been the, I've been the hired gun, of course, to both grade coins and develop marketing for more coins to get graded, more coins to be sold and collected by collectors around the world. Um, and and uh, the importance of a grading service to grade them is they're independent. They don't own the coins. They independently certify and grade those coins on an individual basis with no financial interest. They're just paid a service fee to you know encapsulate them in a sealed yes. hole. Yes. Well, you know, when we talk about grading, and again, again, our audience, they don't know anything about numismatic coins. When you start talking about a grade, they don't even know the, the scale of what a grade could be. So can you go over the different scales as far as uh, what grade can be possibly placed on a numismatic coin? 
you know, a numismatic coin of any value over its metal value, um, they're graded on a scale of 1 to 70, 60 to 70 being uncirculated. That means not spent, not put in your pocket, not slid across the countertop, you know, in a bar or a restaurant. Um, but the uncirculated grades start at mint state or uncirculated MS60. Okay. And the higher the grade, typically the higher the value. Okay. So uh, imagine someone has a bunch of coins at home or in their garage or in their sock drawer, whatever. And this coin has been passed down from from grandfather to to father and now son. And they've never, they don't understand the grading process. They didn't even understand any uh, acronyms that they're grading companies out there. What would be the first step to having this coin authenticated or certified or graded? Well, they should probably get to, to, together with an individual that has an idea of what they might have. And, you know, the, the grading companies on their websites, you know, have a list of authorized dealers in their area. Mm-hmm. You, you can go to PCGS or NGC.com and uh, they would have dealers in their area of experts that you could seek out, not necessarily to sell the coins, but to inquire what coins would have value to be graded. Okay. Uh, it isn't something you can figure out on your own if you have no experience, but that's the best place to start. So typically, why would you want a higher grade versus a lower grade on a coin? Well, it's no different than, uh, you know, it'd be like buying a vintage automobile. You know, would you want you know, an old clunker, or would you want a pristine cherry? And uh, typically the higher grades produce higher values. So how is the coin actually, meaning that let's say you go through this grading process, you have these coins, let's say you 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 got a particular grade of um, MS69. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you, you and let's say you got a few of these coins or whatever, you, you've gone to trade shows. Uh, now you have a pretty good understanding of what a numismatic coin is. Uh, you're familiar with the grade on that coin. Um, what would be the next step as far as making sure that, uh, let's say if you want uh, you want somebody to authenticate the coin or the coin was certified, how would you go about, let's say if you want to buy a numismatic coin and you knew that it was a mid-state 70 or 69, how would you um, uh, verify that the coin was actually certified and not counterfeit? Well, you can verify the certified holders on the websites, the grading service, to find out if it's actually a, a genuine certified product from their from their service. Um, you could obviously go to your local expert and show it to them also to confirm that. Okay, uh, it's just a couple of ways. The reason I say that is because you know a lot of times you can look on eBay or something like that, and you'll see a lot of coins that are being sold. But when a person gets that coin, it's not the art. You know, it's not the original article. And and I know my audience, again, they want to make sure that they're getting quality. They want to make sure that uh, they're not being ripped off or, or taken advantage of. So the reason I brought that up is because, you know, it's just nice knowing. And again, I've been collecting uh, numismatic coins uh, for about 20 years now. Mm-hmm. And I really don't bring it up to a lot of the a lot of uh, people that I know or friends, family or even my audience because quite frankly, they weren't interested in it or they didn't understand the value of having of having these coins. And then um, 
if I did talk about it, they didn't understand the process as far as, far as how, how to get started. Now, I'm going to be I'm going to be honest. I have a lot of coins uh, that are just loose coins that that I need to have graded. So in my but I typically typically what I do now is I buy uh, mint state 70 coins. And the reason I chose to do that is because for me, it's, I don't want I didn't want the hit or miss. I didn't want to have certain coins and then have that coin graded. And then it comes back with a certain coin, whether it was uh, mint state 65 or mint state 67. I wanted to make sure that I was starting out with that mid-state 70 uh, uh, seal and authentication. Yeah, the the expense to get it graded, um, and if it doesn't meet the grade of, say, 70, yes. uh, you know, can make the downside very high for you. Exactly. And the only reason I brought that up is because, again, just based on trial and error, um, some people kind of, they, they'll start out on a process. It doesn't turn out the way they thought it would would turn out and they get discouraged. And so I was just saying, just I just wanted my audience to know that, yeah, you can actually have your own coins. You can submit those coins. You can have those coins graded. It may not come back with the grade that you thought that it should have had. Uh, it may not have the value associated that you thought you might've had, but there are other uh, companies and entities out there that you can literally buy a mint state 70 coin. So while I have you out here um, on this show, you've written a book uh, called Morgan Dollar, America Love Affair with Legendary Coins. Uh, how can my audience and my listeners get a copy of your book? Well, currently um, it's it's in its second, coming out in its second edition. It won't be out till 2023, potentially, okay. um, uh, in its second edition. Um, the other book that I that I'd also written, which is also a bestseller. Both books are bestsellers. Um, the American Silver Eagle book. Um, I can show you that right now. Okay. Uh, that's book, beautiful. Yeah, it's. Um, this, I don't know if you can see that properly. We can see it. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's in its fourth edition, by the way. Wow. And and it's been updated and you know demand of course because it's in its fourth edition you know i i, I basically you know, every few years i have had to keep on updating it and reprinting it um and it's uh you know it's 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 had tremendous tremendous interest uh it's the number one selling individual coin series book of all time um so the demand has been very hard very high it's yes. based based on american silver eagles um, I co-author that book with the designer of the reverse of that coin, um, which is John Mercanti, who is the 12th chief engraver of the United States Mint. Um, that coin was signed into law by the United States um, in late 1985 by Ronald Reagan. Yes. And, the, and the forward on that book is with his son, Michael Reagan. Wow. So again, the reason that you're on this show uh, as an expert and authenticator is that I want people to have this direct connection to whereas they're putting a face, they're putting a story uh, with this book. Now, how can some of my listeners get in touch with you directly? Um, actually, um, probably the best place that they can get that book in the easiest way, um, if they go to 7kmetals.com. 7kmetals.com. Perfect. Now, can you, 7k metals, I know it's a, it's a coin dealer, uh, for disclosure, 
Uh, I purchased my medals through 7K Medals. Okay. Um, I also have a Precious Metals IRA that I use 7K Metals uh, as a dealer to purchase my uh, my medals for my IRA. Um, how did how did and again I didn't know this. How did 7K Metals? How did you? How did 7K? How did that come about as far as them being able to offer your book? Oh, actually, I approached them uh, many years ago and was introduced to them and liked liked what they were doing. And, um, I made it available. I made the book available to them Okay, to be a distributor of the book. Um, I'm also an exclusive coin designer for them. Okay. And the reason I bring that up is because 7k metals is a membership, but if you go to that website and, and Michael's book is there, you don't have to have a membership to purchase Michael's book. So again, this is some information I got today that I'm going to go back and I'm going to check their uh, check their resource, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to purchase that book today because again, uh, I just I know Miles, uh, he's very thorough. Uh, I'm sure the book is extremely detailed, and the reason that you want to do this is start getting uh, you know to uh, educating yourself, uh, but you want to make sure that you're going to the right source. And so I'm just letting you guys know um, just today. Uh, Miles, he's a credible source, um, and definitely go to uh, 7K Metals and pick up that book. And uh, I, I'll vouch for it 100, percent 100. percent Thank so you. Miles, tell me, you you actually received a medal and an award for your uh, your numismatic uh, knowledge. Can you tell me about that? Because again, I just want my listeners to know. Uh, yeah. as, more and more about this man that's sitting on this that that's sitting on this platform that is not just somebody that's you know blowing smoke oh that was the um director's medal of excellence here give me one second (laughs) (laughs) that way all the viewers know that we don't pre-rehearse this but uh, that was the uh director's medal of excellence from the united states mint um i was the first numismatist outside of the united states mint that had ever received one of these medals from the actual mint director. And it's the director's medal of excellence. Um, and you can see the uh, treasury department seal on that. And of course the United States mints, uh, it's logo too on there. Um, and this was given me in 2011. Yes. Uh, and it, uh, you know, I've gotten a lot of, a lot of awards before, but that was one of my cherish, um, uh, it's right up there at the top with uh, a most recent award that I'd gotten. Um, yes. from, you know, Coin World Magazine in 2020 made me the most uh, in the top 10 most influential people in numismatics from 1960 to 2020. Wow. So over over 60 years, they made me one of the most influential people in the industry. Well, see, they say it's, it's poor taste to brag on yourself, but if I do it, I mean, I can brag on you all day long. So, and I have no problem with doing it because, again, you're just you're so down to earth. You're so impressive. But the knowledge base that you have and with the books and everything, we're just honored to have you on the show today. And you're from you're from Michigan, if if if, if Origi- that's correct. Yeah. Originally, originally, I was born and raised in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, lived in California for well over 20 years, um, but I reside just outside of Austin, Texas, in Texas Hill Country. Yes. 
So, I mean, I mean, Orange County, I mean, uh, OC Talk Radio, you know, Irvine, California. And when we started talking, I mean, I, I looked at your um, uh, your phone number and I, you know, it was, it was a uh, Orange County uh, uh, area code. So it kind of threw us off a little bit just based on our first meeting. But you've, um, yeah, Orange County, Texas, uh, Michigan, uh, you've been around. Yeah, well, you know, I've, I've lived where I've wanted to live and chose places that uh, uh, my wife and I enjoy. And uh, I think for the duration, it'll be uh, Hill Country and just outside of Boston. Um, you know, like I said, we were in Orange County for over 20 years um, and not too far from where your studios are. It's where I originally landed in Orange County in uh, about 1985 and uh, wow. li- lived in that area. And then uh, later on uh, in, two, I guess it was 2005, we moved to Texas. Wow. Well, I tell you, we, it's, again, it's an honor to have you back home today, with, if, if only for a few minutes on this platform. But I got to ask you again, um, uh, Miles, uh, Michael Miles Stanish. There's a, there's a backstory with this Miles <laughs> can you well, share where, 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 what people call you miles i started calling you miles but how did how did that come about well you know my eighth great great grandfather was miles standish he was the military captain on the mayflower that brought the pilgrims from believe it or not plymouth england wow to of course which became later plymouth plymouth massachusetts and wow. um so that's the uh that's the tie to that um, and it was, a, it was a nickname given to me a long, long time ago, uh, when I worked for the American Numismatic Association, um, they had a president at the time and she always called me miles and, and it kind of, it kind of just stuck. And, um, and, but it's a tribute to my great, great grandfather, um, you know, eight generations back to back to 1620, um, as the military captain that protected, uh, the pilgrims when they landed in the new world. Wow. That is, I mean, that's some kind of history. That is, that is some kind of history. That is Americana right there. Now i tell you what, um, I'm going to bring my, bring in my producer, Paul Roberts, because he's back there. He's giddy right now. And I know there's a couple <laughs> of questions that he wants to ask you because we, we've covered a few things, but your resume is so impressive uh, Paul, are you there? I am. Was, was Miles? Re, refresh my American history. Was Miles Standish the guy that fell in love with Pocahontas and saved the Pilgrims and <laughs> Thanksgiving? Or am I mixing up the stories here? I, no, I think uh, you know that may have been John Alden, but uh, one of those yeah. guys. He fell in love, and that's how the Pilgrims got through the first March. Where we had Thanksgiving because the Indians helped them get through the first yeah. rough winter and all that kind of stuff. All right. Yeah, my- my wife is of heritage. Her heritage descent is Italian, and and you know her great great grandparents came to Ellis Island. And I remember watching a show on the History Channel and 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 looking at it. And you know it's a great story, obviously, of America, Americans who came from you know different lands the way they did, and they went through Ellis Island. And I remember her, her asking, you know, what what year did your family come here? And, <laughs> we were the original ones. Yeah, we we're the first. We we're the first well, pilgrims. It, it, I, I I didn't say 1620, but I just kind of looked at her and I said, "Well, we kind of showed up before oh, things." Oh wow! <laughs> a few minutes, just a few minutes. That's pretty rare. All right. Yeah. So anyway, aside from that, I guess I got to ask the question that I've always wondered. My father 
and I started collecting coins it's just a hobby of something for dad and son to do and somehow I thought it was cool and I brought dad into it he stuck with it he really thought it was a sound investment not just a fun thing to do uh, has it been a sound investment through the years I know people talk about gold coins and the double eagles i get all that that stuff is escalated and gone through but just regular coins if you wanted to collect pennies or nickels or dimes or quarters has that been a has that accumulate accrued in value or like so many old collectibles has the market diminished because people just aren't into collecting anymore well to tell you the truth you know with gold and silver you know obviously there's been cycles up and down okay right um you know, remember in 1933 when they outlawed the ownership of gold in this country, you know, $20 was worth $20 that right. they outlawed. Right. Okay. Now, an ounce of gold at the time was worth um, uh, a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But, you know, that $35 of an ounce of gold in 1933, you know, today an ounce of gold is over $1,650 an yeah. ounce. Right. But, you know, the key component of owning, you know, bullion is, that, you know, it's it's kind of like your um, it's kind of like your defense. You know, it, def it, it it's the defense of a, of a for a lot of things. You know, we're you know, we're obviously going through some inflationary times that we haven't had in 40 years. And the importance of owning gold and silver during these times is probably going to be, you know, when the you know when the story is told, going to be one of the more significant things that people did. You know, numismatics are kind of, kind of your offense, and that is individual selected coins that have you know limited minages, uh, high demand, high quality. Um, they tend to do extremely well, regardless of inflationary times or not. So they're kind of a different kind of, they're kind of your offense. So beyond um, gold and silver, and Tyrone talks about that all the time, owning gold and silver somehow in a coin, in a bar, in a certificate, in a, I don't know, stocks or something. There are other people, ways to own it that you own it collectively or physically own it. I've heard that a lot of times on this show, and I believe that. And I think I believe my father in, believed it too. I believe in the, the physical. Uh, I know you're a big the physical metal. There's only one way that I believe that you should own sound money, gold, silver, platinum, is in a physical form. Yes, and, I agree. And I believe in the same thing with numismatic coins. Um, but I will say this, you know, in the history of the world, gold and silver have always sustained all major changes. So I guess my question is about other things, copper pennies, uh, nickel nickels. I don't even know if they have nickel in them anymore here. But whatever other sorts of collectible coins, has that been as successful an investment strategy or is that something you do because you like it and it's fun and it's like collecting comic books or something? Yeah. You know, well, I mean, you know, there's lots of different collectibles. You know, I have a background in sports memorabilia. In the last five years, sports memorabilia and trading cards have been extremely hot. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, potentially there's always a bubble, of course. Yes. I still would say this during tough economic times, I wouldn't want to be owning anything paper. I would want to own sound money, gold mm -hmm. and silver, um, yes. gold over or numismatic coins. Um, I kind of like the, the play with numismatic coins because they do well during all kinds of different times where gold and silver, I think, predominantly do well in inflationary times or troubled times globally. Um, you know, the copper, the nickel, things like that, 
Um, yeah, I mean, they do have they do have increased values, but the quantity that you need is so massive. You know, you know, silver is silver is really inexpensive at you know sixteen to eighteen dollars under twenty dollars an ounce. Yes, and it's affordable for any listener that you have. And you know, gold can be the same way, uh, depending on what fractional size you may purchase it in. Yes. I like to say, for me, it's it's insurance, it's currency insurance, and it's a hedge against inflation. And I, as a collector, I just love collecting numismatic coins. Mm-hmm. So it's even just the value of just having a collection for me um, uh, that just makes it enjoyable. That that was my dad. He he thought it was a sound investment, but he got a kick out of it. My dad loved buying proof sets. Does anybody buy proof sets anymore directly from the mint? These are things beyond uncirculated. These are encased and they're specially polished and cut to extra precision. And the mint makes money by selling these things and the assumption that these are the best of the best. And if you want to own a coin, if you really like collecting coins and looking at them like my dad did, showing them to people, then why not buy them as a proof set? Is that proven to be a good strategy or is that just for fun it's more for fun yes uh, it's it's been, it's been history says that a lot of those kinds of things are for fun um but you know the thing is you know i think you should do things that are fun and buying gold and silver sound money or numismatic coins believe me you can have a lot of fun but i think you kind of kind of weed through the things that are fun and you get a combination of both fun and that they hold value and they have an opportunity to increase in value. And that's why, you know, I like the limited availability of numismatic coins yes, yes. and owning gold and silver. You said that extremely well, Miles, because the difference, you know, I, I would buy coins from the mint, but as I began to educate myself and get a better understanding, I realized that those coins weren't graded. And yes, I, I, they're still in my collection. My dad, when he passed away, I got a, you know a lot of his coins, his proof sets. But the thing, the one, the coins that I value the most are my graded coins. And and when I, we talk about graded, I don't like to have the hit or miss uh, uh, scenario based on me having a coin that I submitted and have it graded. I just go directly for the mid state seventy grade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give me some success stories of a if you bought a coin when. I stopped about probably 1970. That's when I started high school. My dad kept going in the 70s. He was thrilled when they, when did they go from real silver in quarters to taking that out and it was not silver anymore? Wasn't that like the late 60s, early 70s or something? 1965 was the first year of no silver in dimes and quarters. So he was hoarding that stuff for years, even as, as the... Even in circulation, he would pull those out and put them in a bag somewhere and said, these are going to be worth something someday. I'm like, Dad, no, come on. But he had bags of them, and I think they are worth something now. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, gentlemen, uh, you guys have so much in common. Uh, Miles, we could sit uh, we could sit here and talk for hours, but we're, our time is limited. We would love to have you back on the show and, and kind of like this is an A and then a B side of the record, so bring you back for a, for a B side. And um, I'd love to hear sports memorabilia because from the 80s for a while there, I had a sports bar. Oh, my God. You couldn't buy this stuff. The jerseys and the baseball cards and all the stuff. It was like going nuts. And then it seemed like it cooled off and, and maybe it got oversubscribed or something here. But that, that seemed to be a, a, a I'm sure it still has value, but it was fanatical for a while there. 
it, you said the flip side. That's usually not the hit song. The A side is usually, you know, <laughs> yeah, the, right. Song. If if people if people remember our forty fives and albums, well, we're oh, they, doing the A side today. So yeah. we'll bring you back and do the uh, I guess the, the B side. Yeah, we'll bring you back what? for a B side. I look forward to talking about collectibles. Obviously, I'm uh, I'm very bullish on owning numismatic coins and sound money. Um, I, I I can't stress that enough. That um, uh, you know, fiat currencies they 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 have a certain shelf life, and the current system that we're we're on, when we were taken off the gold standard by Richard Nixon, and uh, and company during 1971 yes we're at the 50-year mark and a lot of currencies fiat currencies have history of lasting about 50 years so mm. you know i'm sure we have changes in the future um and i say a little bit of offense and prevent defense is to have some gold and silver absolutely and i can tell you this uh, with certainty uh every fiat currency has failed 100 percent of the time that's a frightening. That's a frightening statement. You've said that before. You think about it. They set up a system, and they know eventually it'll fail. It's they don't set up a. They don't. They never set up a sound system that they know that it can just continue on. And right. uh, wow, it's really, it's really sad and unfortunate. I'd love and, to hear not today because I know we're out of time. But digital currencies, this whole idea, everybody's fascinated with you know Bitcoin and all these other things here. And some people say it's a big scam. Jamie Diamond and other people like that said, "There's no there there." Uh, famous, you know, what does he run? Citibank or something. And then other people are like, "No, this is the future. This is it. We're, we're not going to have physical coins. We're going to have cyber coins as we well, do cyber transactions." Amazon, and other places. Well, you know, we're on a fiat system that we know that have, will have its changeover or failure date, just like all past currencies have ever failed. So why is it that we think that somebody's now created something that's going to be good forever? And the only right. thing good forever that survived everything in time has been either a rare coin or a piece of gold or silver. Yeah, yeah. right. It, it, it has a way. It's always lasted amongst all those failed currencies since the beginning of man. So when somebody says this is the way, um, I, you know, I think that's a lot of pie in the sky of another fiat system honestly and something to be said about you know digital currency you know our physical currency that we have in our wallets or our pockets on a daily basis only represents about three percent of the physical currency changing hands wow the rest is already digital yeah when you talk like credit cards or something that's really a digital transaction right exactly exactly so like i said you know when people say that you know bitcoin's the end answer you know, I think those are a lot of newbies that aren't doing their homework. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what I, we got. Maybe he's got to come back twice. Well, yeah. I, I, again, we would, we, Miles, you have an open invitation to come back anytime, buddy. Love it. I think it'd and, be fun. And what I'd like to do now, again, if, if you're, if you have questions, if you're curious about anything that went on today, you know, look us up. I want you to go to closingthewealthgap.net. You can listen to this uh, podcast over and over and over again. If you want to reach me directly, um, I can get you the information that you need. Go to tyronefrench.coach. First name, last name, tyronefrench.coach. You can all, my email address is tyrone at tyronefrench.com. 
And again, send me your send me your questions and we can get you started. We can get the answers uh, that you need. And so, Miles, again, thank you for being on the show again. You have an open invitation to come back uh, anytime, anytime, sir. Thank you. You guys are a delight. And uh, I like the questions you, you ask. And it's a, it's a great venue to, to get a chance to, you know, I, I, I can't say that I can give all the answers, but I can give a few crumbs along the way that help people get to a point where they can make a accurate decision that helps them. Well, again, we're going to send them to 7K Mellows to buy your book. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to go there today and buy your book. Okay. With that, I'm going to end it because we'll just start buying more stuff here. And pretty soon I'll empty out my physical currency for all this other stuff here. Thanks so much for coming on. Look forward to having you come back and talk about collectibles and digital currencies and and just collecting coins in general, all these things. Love to hear all that stuff. Thanks for coming on today here. Thanks, Miles. Thanks, Paul. That's our show for this week, Closing the Wealth Gap, the one show, the only show that shows you how to take control of your financial future. Right here in North County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.